everyone, and welcome to another episode of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today is the comic book of the month uh, episode that we have where we talk about a series of books uh, and kind of have a discussion around those books. For August um, this month, as it wraps up, the issues or the comic book that we were talking about that I actually had chosen uh, at the beginning of this month and um, did not realize how... um, I don't even know what the word is, but the it's Rise of the Black Panther by uh, Evan Narcissi, Narcissi uh, with consulting by Tanahisi Coates and art by Paul Renaud and Javier Pina. And if I don't sound as chipper as I normally am, that is because Chadwick Boseman just passed away a few days ago over the weekend, and um, I, again, was not anticipating that uh, to be a piece of this conversation that we have today in our podcast, but I did just spend the last 14 minutes recording a eulogy of sorts for him, and uh, it ended up just me kind of rambling, not really knowing what to say. So I'm going to see if I can try and uh, make it a little more succinct on this recording of it. Uh, Only suffice to say that I am uh, very upset by it, I'm very saddened by it, and I can't imagine how that must feel for his family uh, to be taken at such a young age by cancer, and so quickly as well, and so silently. His uh, family, I'm sure, all knew about what he was battling with, but we as a people, as a public, did not. And uh, again, I'm going to try and piece together some of the things that I said, but I think the biggest the biggest thing is just what a, a beautiful soul he was and a powerful man, a powerful black man as well, to stand up and um, to stand up for what he believed in and to shine in the roles that he chose, which were just incredible roles for strong black men just like himself, like Jackie Robinson and James Brown, and T'Challa, the Black Panther, and Thoroughgood Marshall, and I believe his name was uh, Stormin' Norman in The Five Bloods. I've not watched that yet, but I will be now. I had it on my backlist, but I think I'm going to jump it up to the front along with any of the other Chadwick Boseman movies that I haven't seen, but um, I I just want to say, and I guess if I don't know. I I I've seen a lot of people talking about this. I have always had a problem with people posting their condolences on social media for a celebrity who has passed away. Uh, it has always been something that I never agreed with. And while I still don't really a- agree with it in a at a macro level, of especially if if the post is meant to garner uh, publicity. Uh, If it's a heartfelt post, then by all means do it. And if you knew him, even more so. And if he affected you, I think is is the bigger takeaway that I've started learning is uh, you may, someone may not know you, but they affect you even if they don't know you. For example, I've never met, I mean, there's so many people I've never met, but when they've passed, I just, I've been miserable because of it and I never met them once. But I still just never felt the need to make a post publicly about it because, again, I 
I, I don't need any sympathy from anyone. They're the ones that need the sympathy right now. But with this, there has been an outpouring of uh, public um, shared grief, I guess you could call it. Uh, a tweet announcing his passing uh, is now the most liked tweet on Twitter with over 5 million likes. So he he definitely left an impact. And I think the only way that I could properly say something about him is uh, to say something to him. So uh, we'll try that this time. I didn't necessarily do that in the last recording, but I guess it'd be a, if I had met Chadwick um, on his deathbed and, uh, you know, or I guess that's even a wrong way to say it. I apologize. But if I, you know, what would I say to him right now if I could is what I would say. And I would just, I would just tell him that he, he inspired me by his, uh, his quiet, is it called, is it called quiet desperation? Um, the fact that he didn't tell anybody that he had cancer and the fact that he continued on as if everything was normal when it was anything but is so moving and so powerful and something that I, I struggle to think if anyone else would be able to pull something like that off. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there. There are a lot of people who are going through things, whether it is cancer or anything else, and they are dealing with it ever so silently and are not sharing with anyone. And that goes for anything, whether that is a mental illness or a fear or a problem or a negative thought. Uh, and that is something I struggle with every day of uh, those just those loud but also quiet thoughts constantly ringing in the back of your head and I just want to thank him for setting such a good example for us as a people to what we can do when we believe in what we are doing when we are passionate about what we are doing and when we want to stand for something because whether or not he thought that he was one he is an icon and he always will be an icon forever um they say that and i guess you can quote batman on it but um you either die a hero or live long enough to become a villain and i rambled about this on the other recording but the fact that he has so little works and again arguable on the word little but uh, he certainly doesn't have as many uh, film credits as someone like Ron Perlman or Adam Sandler. But the work that he did choose to do is going to go down in history as some of the greatest pieces after the fact. Things, these are things that we're not going to notice and see for years. And I mean, we're, we're already seeing them now with the, the cultural impact that Black Panther has had the impact of his other films like Marshall and uh, Get On Up and 42. And it just, it's a huge impact, but it's only going to grow. And it's an impact that is going to be around for a long time. People will be talking about Black Panther in 50 years. They're going to be talking about how that movie uh, set up so many other films like Shang-Chi and X, Y, and Z that haven't even been announced yet. And the fact that he did that, and again, knowingly or not, he just, he created himself to be an icon, and I know he was not asking to leave this earth early, but I am sure he was. He understood the value of every second that his life had, and wanted to do as much good as he can could during those times. So I, like I said, if I 
If I could say one thing to Chadwick before he went, I would just tell him thank you for thank you for not being afraid to be yourself and to fight for and work for what you believed in. And that again, that is something that a lot of us I think struggle with a lot. Uh, doing what's right, doing what we believe in, worrying about judgments from others and how we are going to impact other people. He just did it and he chose the things that he chose and they ended up making him more powerful in the long run. So thank you, Chadwick Boseman. And uh, to your family, I extend my deepest uh, condolences and sympathies. I'm so sorry for your loss. Uh, no matter who the person is, uh, any every life is precious. And whether that life is a year old, 100 years old, or 43 years old, it matters. And uh, I would just recommend hugging your loved ones, telling them that you love them every day because you never know when they're going to disappear. And to try and just hang on to that as long as you can because you really don't know what you have until it's gone. And Chadwick, you are you are a king in life and you will be even more so in death as you inspire and impact people for literally ages to come decades thank you moving on from that and i don't know if we ever really will be able to move on from that we are going to talk about what i would have thought would have been a good title for kind of the first movie in the in the marvel series for black panther called rise of the black panther i mean there's there's so many questions swirling around right now with all of that too what's going to happen with black panther um, I don't know, and honestly, I am totally fine with whatever Marvel decides to do. Uh, I know they are going to make a smart decision. Uh, you know, certainly they're not going to ask for my opinion on what they think they should do right now. But I, I would hope that they've learned from the past in regards to just recasting somebody in the role. I hope they don't do that. I hope, I hope Black Panther two opens up. Almost like, uh, or uh, what's the book we read a couple months ago? Uh, Origin of Sin, Original Sin. Uh, sorry, I'm just so I'm out of it with with this conversation. I'm I, this is this is tough, but um, and you know, in, in Origin of Sin, Original Sin, uh, the Watcher is killed in the first issue in like the first few pages, and the whole rest of the book is about who killed the Watcher. Uh, you don't have to have that same storyline, but I'm saying at the beginning of Black Panther two. There could be a really, really beautiful tribute to Chadwick and some mysterious something or other you know, kills the Black Panther and Shuri is now the Black Panther or, or Queen of Wakanda. And um, I don't know, it, it just, I, I hope that Marvel does that at least. I hope they honor his death in the film because that I think is the ultimate uh, send off for Chadwick because his, his, all of his roles were defining roles but for so many young kids, it's Black Panther. That was his defining role, or that was their um, their inspiration. So, I would uh, that would be my that would be my pick if if Marvel were to ask me. But they're they're not. So that's why I, I have a podcast and I can talk about whatever I want. And I I would just talk about Chadwick for for an hour. I've already done it now for thirty minutes, um, plus the other recordings that I've done. So um, we're gonna just dive in here to this. And I uh, like I said, I think. I think, like I said, uh, in my prior recording, I was talking about how, you know, a lot of times death should be celebrated and is something that mo mourning is important, sure, 
And again, everyone mourns differently, so take as much time as you need to do so. But life needs to be celebrated too. We can't always mourn. Uh, We have to remember the good times as well, and that's one way to get us through it. So I'm hoping that the rest of this episode and this talk around uh, the rise of the Black Panther can spark that, that we can rise to this challenge that Chadwick has left us. His shoes, um, his claws are just too big to fill. But, um, yeah, I mean, even reading this this weekend, I was just thinking to myself, like, this... Yeah, so, uh, okay. This, this book I chose because, uh, and this would be the second time that I've read it, it is so good. And it is the perfect book to read if you don't know a lot about Black Panther, or even more so if maybe you watched Black Panther, the movie, and you're wondering where to go next, or you know what, what Black Panther story should I read? I mean, he's been around since the '60s. What's his story? I think it's the '60s, '60s or '70s. And uh, there's so many books out there, right? There's the original Black Panther books you can read. There's Ta-Nehisi Coates Run, which is highly recommended from this guy. Um, and that's actually, I read that, I read Ta-Nehisi Coates' run for the first time before, uh, going to see Black Panther in theaters, which was so cool. It was awesome to see that because while it didn't directly tie into the movie, I just think reading comics before going to see a movie, especially about the character really helps. It's the same as like reading a book. The only difference is, um, the comic book, you know, you can't really predict, read the comic book and go, okay, I know how the movie's going to go. Whereas in a, when you're reading a, a book to the movie, you're a little more clued in as to what might happen, maybe even a little more disappointed if things don't happen. So um, so this book, though, is the perfect jumping on point for new readers because this book is the origin of the Black Panther, or it's the origin of T'Challa as the Black Panther, and it does such a good job of weaving together different lore and stories throughout the years to where I would just say this should be and probably and is now the definitive edition of the story of the Black Panther, which starts with um, his uh, father or his grandfather uh, as the Black Panther and his grandfather at that point Azuri is his grandfather's name and he's the Black Panther and he's the one who meets Captain America and so we start this with Captain America meeting Black Panther at first they fight then they don't they're friends Uh, he gives Black Panther or he gives Captain America a little bit of vibranium to make his shield and then from there we kind of go into the story and at that point it's kind of T'Chaka and so now his father so we learn about T'Chaka and how he meets um, the love of his life, uh, Niami, who is T'Challa's mother. And so this story is a little bit different in the comics than it is in the movie. Uh, in the comics, T'Chaka was married twice and um, actually had a couple of extramarital affairs as well, as the story tells. But it makes for a much more, it makes for a very interesting story. But so him and Niami are, are very much in love, and he's kind of just fresh into being the Black Panther. And they keep trying to have kids, but it doesn't happen. And then eventually she gets pregnant with T'Challa. But then right after childbirth, and, and I'm, I'm going to go from here, I guess, to say spoilers for this. And this is, this is a couple years old, but I, I would highly recommend reading this story one way or another. I don't even think spoilers are going to affect it because it's kind of like a, it's a telling of history more so of, oh no, like 
is there a twist in here? Like, no, everything in here almost has has been told before in a sense. Like, we we knew about some of these things, right? We knew about uh, Captain America going into Wakanda way back when, but this kind of dives into it a little deeper, and it even gives some good call-outs. There's another, um, there's another series that came up for free on Marvel that I snagged called uh, Black Panther and Captain America, Flags of Our Fathers. That's referenced in here as, like, a deeper, in-depth story of... Uh, captain america and that black panther so um it's just it's cool i i I find black panther's history fascinating and wakanda's history fascinating because it just is um it's just it's cool it's so cool to see this country and to for what it stands for especially in this current day it's something that we all need to have a, a strong black community that has not been uh tainted by the outside world and um, by white colonialists so um, this was cool it just it was really enjoyable but as i said she has um, her baby and then dies she has like a very rare disease and passes away but at that exact same time baron von strucker is trying to get into wakanda and purposely knows i think that he can't Uh, but even in fighting them he kind of figures out like yep now we know like wakanda exists he says that too. He says, we must retreat. Uh, but in simply revealing themselves to us, your former countrymen have given us a powerful weapon to use against them. We have knowledge of a place that does not wish to be known. Um, but what what's interesting as we notice throughout these battles that take place in Wakanda is uh, Wakanda, much like any other country, has people inside it who uh, are rebellious. And that's that's dove into much deeper and in more detail in Ta-Nehisi Coates's uh, a nation under one, it's a, a nation under our feet, I believe. But it's the first the first like uh, six or twelve issues of Black Panther's run. Um, he dives into it more, but it's just it's an interesting concept where you have this technologically superior, um, culturally fascinating um society where it and there's even bits where eventually when he brings people in they're like wow this is a utopia and he's like no a utopia implies that there are no pro that nothing is complicated and everything is complicated here and so it's just interesting to see that even even when your technology is highly advanced and you are you know even separated from the world you still have your problems um there's a bit where he t'challa meets and talks with howard stark to try and save his wife and uh but it doesn't happen and and he again passes away she passes away and then we learn how t'chaka met uh ramanda who is she is the mother of them in the movies played by angela bassett and that's where they have their daughter shuri is between the two of them and the reason i said the extramarital affairs is we end up finding out further on in the story too that he has another brother uh from an, an outside um uh woman uh, in the city who uh, again during that time when um, his mom had died and he his father was very lonely sort of thing but then we get the invasion from claw and claws got his gun he shows up same thing people in the city kind of helped him get in but uh, this is where um, Chachaka dies and claw kills him with his gun 
uh, with it. And but then he kind of gets kind. Of, that's the end of the first issue. That's all in the first issue. The first issue is very. It's probably my favorite of all of them, only because maybe maybe second to the second issue, possibly or whatever issue Namor is in. But um, it's just I think is a really cool history of like, all right, here let's let's cover this last fifty years in comics, and then and then we'll get moving. So then in the second issue we dive into t'challa becoming the black panther by challenging his uncle uh and his uncle is the black panther in his father's stead well after he died that's what happened but so i I thought this part was really cool t'challa fights his uncle in a mask so his uncle doesn't know it's him and later on he says it was because he wanted his uncle to give him everything he got everything he had so that you know he couldn't have said that he, he went easy on him since they were related but then we start diving into um you know the fantastic four with galactus and x-men with magneto and this is just all kind of on a screen wakanda is monitoring threats outside but even during this time they're also monitoring and they're talking he's talking about you know we need to maybe we need to expand our borders or maybe we need to start uh becoming part of the planet in a sense we need to um we need to be there he says uh We've let the world come to us with ill intent for so long. I propose we go to them and show that we have marvels that rival their own. I should have never... Oh, and he's and his uncle's like, I should have never agreed to let you go to that Columbia University. Those schools are years behind us. And he says, my thoughts are my own, uncle, as is my rule. We are Wakanda. We should not be afraid. But, um, and he's like, well, you know, you know, no one was ever afraid when I was Black Panther. He's like, but also when you were the leader, uh, we had dozens of Wakandans go missing, including Njadaka, who is, uh, um, Killmonger. And, and this is where we first see Killmonger. He's just on a screen, but it's like, Ooh, okay. And so the rest of this issue, oh, and then we also meet in here, the, uh, white wolf who is, uh, kind of i mean he's hinted at himself to be kind of the son of t'chaka it's a white man but he's not the son obviously of t'chaka but he's kind of like his son he's he's grown up to be so but um from here black panther goes to try and find some of these missing people and he's he's sort of trying to solve this mystery in his city and yeah this is the second issue and runs into namor and this is where we get the relationship between him and Namor that grows so much throughout the years to the point of, um, you know, the, the uh, terrible things that happen during the Infinity storyline of Jonathan Hickman's between Atlantis and Wakanda. But we get to see it start here. And honestly, it's a great it's a great uh, banter between the two of them, two different rulers from two hidden cities it's uh, just a cool concept and they have a bunch of really great discussions with each other and uh that's that's the end i mean the third uh, that issue ends with black panther saying the outside world doesn't know us at all it's time for me to change that and so then the third issue um is the essentially wakanda revealing themselves to the world and inviting some people from the uh the united nations i believe it is uh, the united nations security council and uh to have them come in and uh see what's up and even iron man tries to come in his old costume but uh can't get through the barrier it looks like and there's some great bits in here uh but even during this time so he's he's kind of showing everyone the wonders of wakanda the um just the cool technology they've developed their culture but while this is happening winter soldier is teleported in 
to Wakanda and T'Challa goes to deal with him uh, and they fight while Winter Soldier is invisible. So it is a very, very cool fight and it ends in a perfect T'Challa fashion. Uh, and it's a decent fight. I'm looking at it through here. I was like, oh, I thought it was a, a one-off. It's like eight or 10 pages, eight or 10 panels of this fight. Um, but then that kind of goes into his relationship with Bucky, which is really cool. And then from there, the end of this issue is Doom, Dr. Doom sitting on the throne of Wakanda saying, Doom desires an audience with the ruler of Wakanda. And it's like, oh no. But the very beginning of the next issue is T'Challa literally blowing up the throne. And he's like, I didn't sense any life inside of that thing. It was a robot. So I wanted to do that to kind of make a statement. But the cracks are showing at this point. So during this time, um, he uh because he went out to, to meet these people and whatnot and they brought home killmonger and at this point he's sort of a good guy but you can tell that he uh, i mean he says lord t'challa i'm grateful that you brought me back home but all this tumult unsettles me this is right after he blew up the throne revealing the realm to the outside world inviting them here and now this perhaps i've been away too long what kind of king destroys his own throne and of course, and I have to read it, but T'Challa says, uh, and I could just so I could easily see this being a conversation that um, Chadwick Boseman had with Killmonger, but we got some good conversations from them. Our history is filled with moments where others have sought to force change on us, Eric. I want Wakanda to evolve so that we can in turn help change the world. Don't forget that my decision to deal with the outside world is how you were able to return home. You've had experiences that no other Wakandan has had. I'd like to hear about them soon. But now that you're home, I ask you this. How can you use them to help Wakanda? And he says, I will think on this, my king. And his what he feels like he can do is essentially take over Wakanda to fix this problem. He does not agree with what Chichala is doing. He sort of has the White Wolf help him a little bit, or at least they have a conversation around it. But then by the end of this... um. T'Challa and Shuri go visit Dr. Doom in Latveria. Great conversations are had. Shuri is trying to kind of sneak in through. And, and, and that's the other great thing in here. Shuri is made out to be an absolute badass in here, which I am so happy for. She's super smart. She's great at fighting. She's, she's quick-witted, just like in the movie. But um, and, and even in this part, it's funny. I mean, Black Panther's wearing his, his cape when he's visiting them, so I didn't realize that the first time I read it. But by the end of this... Um, he kind of thought that um, uh, that Doom was his enemy. And Doom's kind of explained to him, like, I'm not your enemy. Like, I want power. I'm not lying about that. But I am... He, and, and this part I thought was really cool as well. The conversation that Doom has with uh, T'Challa is... He says, I am a... Uh, I'm like... I'm a king. We're both kings, but I'm a leader and i uh basically like i earned where i am and you didn't like you were born there by birthright and i wasn't and uh it's just an interesting concept that kind of naruto sasuke uh conversation of like yeah you're both you both are kings but one person became a king through sheer force of will doom and t'challa became a king because of his his bloodline and arguably, again, you could say, well, but he fought to become the Black Panther and Doom doesn't know what he's talking about because Doom is a megalomaniac. But, you know, even a megalomaniac uh, 
is a, is it a or is it a broken clock is right twice right twice a day uh and the end of this issue is him realizing that he's gonna have to fight the white wolf it seems like maybe the white wolf is the one who's betrayed him and so he shows back up what's going on here and he starts beating the crap out of the white wolf but finds out it wasn't the white wolf at all it was his it's his uh um his brother and uh jakara who is his half brother and uh explains to him kind of the story of how they met they weren't going to tell chichala but he's like you know what whatever i'm gonna go hunt this guy down and he does and but at the same time uh killmonger is killing all of these wakandans and kind of harnessing the their end memories kind of creepy but uh even in this issue though is awesome in this issue we get a flashback to uh t'chaka i believe it's t'chaka in yeah or it's T'Challa, but he says, I'm T'Charles, Luke Charles, and Luke Cage is with this group of people who are about to beat him up, and he ends up becoming sort of friends with him, and it's like, oh, there's how he met Luke Cage, and then at the end of this issue, uh, guess who shows up? Giant lightning strike, we've got Storm, and so we get an amazing conversation between him and Storm, and by the end of this issue, he's fighting his half-brother, who uh, has used this Wakandan tech to turn himself into a giant monster. And at the end of that, though, uh, is Killmonger getting ready to make his final move, basically. And so the sixth issue, sixth and final issue is that. And he basically is fighting Killmonger, who kind of has the upper hand for most of the time, but then decides he takes the fight to the skies. And it's a pretty intense fight, I'll say. But then he throws Killmonger out of the plane and stop. Killmonger is basically trying to detonate this bomb onto a shield helicarrier so that war is declared against Wakanda so that Wakanda can destroy whoever uh, you know attacks them. Essentially a power play to say maybe we will get these people to excuse me to attack us and then we'll truly show them Wakanda's strength so just kind of like in the movie where he's got the wrong way of going about it but a very interesting concept and the very end of this issue is him um kind of uh meeting up again with Captain America shaking hands with the uh what I would call the 19 maybe 70s Avengers I don't know it's Captain America Wasp Giant Man and uh Hawkeye and it says the beginning and it broke my heart even more because when you scroll through on the trade paperback that I have the digital for, there it shows all the variant covers. And there's a variant cover for the first and second issue that is both um, the poster for Black Panther and just one of the, the prints for uh, Chadwick Boseman. And so you kind of get to see him one last time before before you finish reading this. So like I said, uh, I hope I hope this was an enjoyable read. Um, for all of you, I love this story. I love the tale of Black Panther. I love how they were able to weave in all of his enemies throughout this short six issues to kind of show how he became the Black Panther that we all know now today. But um, but there's still a heaviness, I think, in reading that sort of stuff. And I don't know how long that's going to last, maybe forever. And part of me kind of hopes so that I never forget... Um, the amazing uh, man that Chadwick Boseman was. And um, I guess I'll just leave this with uh, the the next morning after we kind of found out, my mom called, or I, I yeah, she, she called us. 
she was just like, Hey, how are you doing? And I was like, Hey, I'm doing good. And she was like, I just, she said just, I, and I don't even remember exactly what it was that she said, but I've never heard her speak about somebody the way she did about Chadwick. And I, I was kind of surprised because, um, I didn't know she was as much of a fan of him, but she was like, he's basically just saying that he is, he is the best of us. And the things that he did will continue to reverberate. And I may be paraphrasing, but it's just, it's rare. And it's even worse for the rare that we have lost so many special people this year. And, um, you know, like Chadwick, Kobe Bryant, um, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor. And I know the list goes on and on. And unfortunately, the list continues to grow. But I think if if it's going to teach us anything in that regard, it's that the deeds and the actions that we perform in our lives, those are are what define us. And, and specifically, those things that we do for others is what defines us as a people. So when you're thinking about how you want to leave a legacy for yourself and you want to leave a legacy for those around you, think about what it is that you can do for those people around you not just for yourself, not just for your immediate family, but for the community around you, for the people who are, are uh, that you are able to touch every single day, just like Chadwick was able to do. So with that said, we will wrap up this issue of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein. You can find me on Twitter at a robot's wink or Instagram also at a robot's wink. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you guys next time.